Hello and welcome to Film School for Dad, the podcast where I attempt to catch up my old man on a lifetime squandered on serious pursuits and altruistic activities that somehow managed to overlook pretty much all of popular culture. It's cinematic edification across a generation. I'm Harv. And I'm Dad. And what film did I tell you we're watching today, Dad? I think you said it was Coco, which sounds like something you have as a hot drink. That's correct, but uh, your interpretation is not. Okay. Let's play the music. Coco is a 2017 Disney Pixar film starring, and here we go, Anthony Gonzalez, Gail Garcia Bernal, Alana Ubach, and a whole bunch of other people with difficult to pronounce names voicing a cast of animated characters this time. It's one of the best films, in my opinion, and that of critics, in a long stream of Pixar creations that started with Toy Story back in 1995 and continues to this day. The story follows a young Mexican boy with a dream to become a musician and follows his travel all the way into an afterlife based, I assume, on real Spanish mythology. It won the Oscar for Best Music and Best Animated Feature the year it was released. And the reason I chose Coco is because I wanted to find out if you would respond to an animated movie. That's really as simple as it is. And from the way Coco affected me, I figure it might have a decent chance of getting a rise out of you. Well, not getting a rise out of you, but you might shed a tear. I don't know. It's, it, it certainly goes for the uh, heartstrings. But honestly, I could have thrown a rock in a room full of Pixar DVDs and chosen that way. They're all great movies uh, with a few very rare exceptions. Um, and I guess we'll find out if this one was worthwhile. So what do you reckon our chances are, Dad, of you enjoying an animated movie? Well, I have no idea. Um Really, I can remember seeing The Lion King right. as an adult, and I found that enjoyable, largely, I think, because of the music, quite yes. emotional. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are you aware they remade The Lion King this year? I'm aware they have, uh, I but I haven't it. seen it. Mm. I've, I've seen The Lion King on stage since I saw the movie. Oh, okay. I didn't even know it was on stage. Mm-hmm. Was that good? Um, yeah, it it was good, but I think it was better as a movie on this occasion. I wouldn't normally say that. Most things are the other way around. Yeah, you can't beat that live experience usually. No, no. You know, if you think of the great stage shows, most of them are miles better on stage than any movie movie will ever be. I think Les, Les Miserables was... An excellent example of that, the movie was... No, I liked the movie. The, well, the movie had, had some merit, but it was just nothing. I love, love that. I love what they did with that movie. It was great. But, but they did, but it wasn't the classic performance of Les Mis that you can get on stage. Yeah, and, but it's only classic because yeah. we saw it first, I think. I agree that the music, yeah. if you're going to listen to a CD, you want the stage show. Yeah. 
if you want to have a moving story-based experience, I thought the movie did a great job of yeah, not yeah. being a distracting musical. The movie gets a close up close and personal with the actors yes. in a way that doesn't happen on stage, but it takes away from some of the panorama of the stage. Yeah, true. And in a movie like Les Mis, that's a, that's a loss. Yeah, it is. But at the same time, it's a different experience. And, and I'm a movie guy, as you know, so it, it probably just appealed to me. And I've seen a handful of other animated movies as an adult. I obviously saw plenty as a Bambi a child. I saw Flying Snow White. No, as an oh, as a child, I saw yeah. them. But but as an adult, I saw Flying Nemo. Flying uh, Nemo. What? Finding Finding Nemo. Finding Nemo. Finding sorry. Nemo is the one where Nemo's a bird. Yeah, <laughs> I saw Shark. Um, yeah, Shark Tale. Shark Tale. Yeah, mm. that was. Uh, I enjoyed that. I got a laugh out of that. I took. You as kids to a couple when I suppose I was an adult. Hand-drawn type animations, right? Yeah. yeah Mainly? Yeah, that's going way back. But um, they're the ones that I'm just remembering. I think mum went and saw Madagascar, but I don't think I saw oh, it. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I don't think I saw it. That's another one I remember in the last 10 or 15 years. Um, well, there's a number I considered showing you. Hmm. Uh, all I wanted to go with Pixar because it's the gold standard in computer-generated animated movies. And I considered Monsters, Inc., Inside Out, and Coco. And I asked everybody I knew if it was the choice of those three, which one would you pick? Everyone picked a different one. Right. Rodders wanted me to show you a movie called Up. Right. And I said, why Up? And he goes, because it's about old people. <laughs> I said, no, nah, I want to see if he responds to it, even if it's not about him, like if it's not about something specific. That's something to do with I your take life. Exception to the well, you just suggestion that a movie called <laughs> Up would be about me. Well, it was Rodder's suggestion, so right. you can take it up with him. Um, but I know why he said it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. You know how he is. He still anyway, thinks he's I, young. I haven't seen any of the ones that you just said no. you considered, so it would no. have made no difference from that point of view. So m my yeah. original choice was Monsters Inc. because that's always been mm -hmm. my favourite, and I was almost certain it would make you cry. Almost. Uh, Mariella wanted you to watch Inside Out, mm. but I thought that was a bit abstract. It does have one moment where you would, like, there's no one who can't blubber mm. like, a, like a baby in it. I mean, it's just mm. ri ridiculously sad. Um, and it's a really meaningful movie. It might be something we revisit when we've mm. had a break from animated movies. But then I went with Coco because I figured it, first of all, it's the most modern one. Mm. It's the most complex one, I think. It's quite it's spiritual in a way. Mm. Um, but it's definitely a cartoon as well. It's not trying to reflect real life in any mm. way. So I just want to know if it works. I well, mean, I, don't, I don't lack imagination, so I can watch animation and immerse myself in it. Yeah, but again, it's um, not something you would seek out, right, generally? Not usually, no, yeah. no. Because I think most people have a picture of animation that it's for kids or whatever. But I think um, I'd have to confess that Finding Nemo, I took the grandchildren, I think. Yeah, that's right. Most of them you would have been yeah. taking a younger. And I'm pretty sure Madagascar um, mum saw in the same uh, circumstance. Right. It's not a totally animated movie, but one I absolutely loved when I was younger was E.T. I mean, I oh, yeah. just reckon that was a marvellous movie. Well, that yeah. was originally puppetry. And did you know they updated mm. that with computer graphics to make E.T.'s yeah. e. eye move and stuff? yeah. But it I'm was just, so badly done. They gave it to the work experience kid or something. That's right. I'm just indicating I don't lack imagination. So I don't know. I, don't, I wasn't trying to imply that you do. No. It was just more, I'm trying to think, like, 
when we picked, say, Jerry Maguire, I was like, mm. Dad will probably like that movie. Um, but it is sort of a movie that you might have sought out as well. I want to see if we can find one that you normally wouldn't choose to watch mm. and then end up really enjoying it. Because, um, as I say, these Pixar movies. Yeah, I think you're right. If someone had told me about Jerry Maguire, I probably would have gone and watched it. Yeah, yeah. Mm. It's not outside the realm of possibility. It just yeah. didn't come up, but it could have. Whereas I think if someone said, go see this new Disney Mm. Pixar movie, it's computer generated, it's called Coco, it's about um, mm. a kid journeying to that afterlife or whatever, you would go, yeah, thanks for the recommendation mm. and sort of back yeah. away slowly. Avoid it like the plague. <laughs> That's yeah. right. You would have mm. no intention of actually doing it. So, yeah, one of the good things about this podcast is that I get to force you to do these things. Mm. And it's a good experiment. So mm. I was going to just pick a movie that I knew you'd like. I've got one planned for maybe next time but this time i think you know we'll experiment a bit you said we were due for one that uh was in genuine contention yeah well i mean if you knew the list that i made when we first started this podcast some of the movies on there are mm. so out there that there's almost no chance of you liking them no you would have scared me off yeah i can't start with them but mm. i'm certainly uh i'm certainly going to throw a few in mm. but i just don't want to waste an evening no. <laughs> basically Right. You know, I, I I actually want to enjoy it. So I want it to be mm. a movie that I want to watch a second time as well or a third time or whatever the case may be. So you ready to watch it? Yeah, let's you go. Keen? All right, let's do mm -hmm. it. Okay, we just watched Coco. How did you feel about it? Oh, I had a lot of fun. I've got a massive smile on my face. I, there's mm. just something really cheerful about that movie. That uh, no, it's a feel-good movie for sure. It mm. is. It is. Mm. Well, I just thought it was brilliantly done. I'm not sure how anyone would ever have thought of it. It is a kind of bizarre mythology mm. and complicated, and then at some point it just comes together and you go, all of the elements were important to that. But at the time you're like, okay. Parts of it seem deeply cultural. Yeah, I think it is. But then there was also um, a lot of bullshit <laughs> thrown in. Right. Like what a, would you consider bullshit? Which well, a it? dog that can suddenly fly. Not just suddenly fly. The, the fact that he could exist in the spirit realm and the human realm at the same time is kind of yeah. hard to take. Well, actually, there was a lot of inconsistency in that dog because mm. – uh, there were times when he had to snatch at the food and there were other times where he could walk past a market stall and didn't even sniff. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, The funny thing about that is, though, you like that character so much that you want him in the movie, so you a, just go, okay, that's fine. He's a great dog, yeah. That was fantastic. I mean, like, mm. as far as humor he's goes. He's a very funny dog. Yeah. yeah. Well, he was just a dog, but, mm. but the way it was animated was so – lifelike oh, his eyes yeah even though the dog itself was actually rendered as a very much as a cartoon like mm. it doesn't look like a real dog at all i don't think it even had fur really <laughs> <laughs> it was just like a triangle well almost. he wasn't essential to the script he was um comic relief yeah yeah he was he was just there to make you chuckle and uh, keep your keep your mood light really yeah that's yeah. right mm. But, I mean, that's what Pixar is so good at, that yeah. sort of balance. And, you know, this wasn't a, a, a fluke that it just comes it comes together as kind of like a, a perfect story with a bizarre 
set of elements that still work. There's something that they know or some formula they have that they apply to all their movies that just always makes it like that. Well, the whole idea of having over an hour of a movie set in the land of the dead is really um, bizarre in itself. I kind of wish I hadn't telegraphed that because when I was watching it again, I was like, when that happens, it's kind of weird, like unexpected. Absolutely it is because until for the first 15 or 20 minutes of that, I wondered why it was an animation. I thought, why couldn't that boy be an actor? And uh, extraordinary characters, though the um, mother and Coco, the grandmother, mm. are, they're unforgettable faces. Mm. They still could have been done by actors. Yeah, definitely. And, and, I'm um, pretty sure Meryl Streep looks pretty it was much only, like Coco these days. It was only when it got... <laughs> That's an, <laughs> I, right. I take that back. I'm going to edit that out. <laughs> Mate, yeah, yeah. Uh, Sorry. Uh, look, um, until they crossed over, yeah, it could have been. So, mm. yeah, the 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 um, uh, the reason for it being animated only became clear once the skeleton started walking around. And um, that's right, because yeah, yeah. the only real reason, or the only motivation to make something into an animation, is if it's something that can't be rendered, yeah, with real actors. Yeah, and the first twenty minutes could have been. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, definitely could have been. Yeah. But it wasn't. And I guess it sort of has a, a particular charm because it's animated. I think I still would have gone with it if it had stayed in the real world. But yeah, maybe they wouldn't have made the decision to make it animation. I mean, why, why would you spend three, four mm. years making a movie that could be shot with actors in three months? Yeah, as long as you found the actors that could do it well. Um, yeah. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah, maybe Lily Tomlin. Finding the right child actor <laughs> at any time is a is a fraught exercise. Well, a voice yeah. actor is just as hard to find as what um, for Miguel. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I thought he did really well. He's so who was that? Uh, Anthony Gonzalez, I think is. Yeah. So you know, has he become? Oh well, it's only a couple of years old. The movie, but so we wouldn't know really if he's going to make a well successful um, career of it. He's got a. He's, he was a good singer, right? And uh, I think he characterized the voice very well, but doing an animation voice and doing acting is, I think, a different skill set, I would say. Oh, I think it's a very important element of the overall skill set an actor needs. Yeah. Definitely related. Yeah. But, mm. but it, as we said at the end of the movie, it's kind of a theatrical mm. experience. It feels more like watching a stage show. By the end of it, you feel like you should stand up and applaud at the end or something, right? Well, for sure, yeah. yeah. So, you know, uh, I think he might be a good, like, I mean, if he was in School of Rock, for instance, which we saw yeah. um, a few months ago, uh, he would have been perfect for that. Yes, you know, he one would. Of the kids. Yeah, Absolutely. he would have been good in that. Yeah. 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 But trying to imagine him as uh, the kid in Jerry Maguire, mm. he may have overdone it. Yeah. <laughs> He's a bit <laughs> loud and, you know. Oh no! Well, horses for courses. Yeah, he, horses for courses. Exactly. Yeah. 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 But um, the actual storyline is quite sort of out there. You know, it is. It, it, the idea of uncovering a murder after death, sort of thing, and uh, yeah. yeah, like the idea that that the victim of the all murder the, all would the unsolved murders when they go up, you know, in our language to heaven, and uh, you know they're all swanning yeah. around there, and they're still. <laughs> They're still sleuthing away trying to find out who did it. That's right. Uh, you yeah. know, I mean, that's a bizarre idea. Well, I, I don't know if that was the idea. I reckon the seed of the idea was they have these 
you know, in Spanish culture or whatever, they uh, they have these vigils of they put up well, the photos. In, in and Mexican stuff. culture, which is yeah. significantly different from Spanish culture, oh, I, don't know. I know not... there's a Spanish element to it, but that's only because Spain found Mexico. But but but. Well, Mexican. the only reason I say Spanish is because it's got to be the root of it because in the Philippines, yeah. who also yeah. was invaded by the Spaniards, yeah. Uh, yeah. they have similar um, traditions. So I assume it comes from some yeah. cultural root that um, I'm way too white to understand. The movie proved Donald Trump's point that Mexicans are largely rapists and murderers. So, yeah. yeah, well, murderers at least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They didn't. I mean, it's no, Disney. there wasn't a rape in it. But you, you, I'd be very. I sur- in the background, there I'd might be have surprised been. if Ernesto yeah. hadn't been involved in a few rapes in this time. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he seemed like a rapey yeah, guy. He did. He was very rapey. Well, once he was exposed, he did. Yeah. Uh, even even when he was like a hero, <laughs> I, I I thought he was a bit rapey person. Well, the statue didn't look rapey. I didn't think. I, uh, I, I went. I, I went co- straight to Louis. C.K. when I saw that statue, I was like, oh, he's at least masturbated in front of unwilling oh, participants. Oh, don't be uh, like that. Yeah, <laughs> no. Oh, we're going to have to you'll label ruin, this episode adult now. You'll ruin the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Spoiler alert for the rape. Yeah. No, just kidding. There's no rape in Disney movies. No, there's not. I don't think there's any option to put a rape in. Mm. If, if a writer pitched that, they would probably just get fired, no. I would say. Sadly, I think, you know, you know, rape's a real thing. It should be in Disney movies. But hey. That's just me. That's why I don't work for Disney. So this is the way I see it, right? They took that kind of cultural idea. They took it all the way to extremes, which was Mm. let's visualize the afterlife where what they're doing, that ceremony is important. And then um, they came up with all these elements, which as you go through them in the movie, you just go, wow, that's weird, but okay. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. But they pile on one another. They do, and and then yeah. you go okay, and you just accept them, and you go okay. The yeah. dog can be that because I like the dog. I want it to be in there, so <laughs> I get it. You know, the story needs this, and then it gets to the emotional <clears throat> climax of the movie, and every single element that seemed random or or just strange was important to that emotional climax. It comes where, together there, yeah, yeah, where Hector mm. is is disappearing and and mm. they lose his photo. And you don't know what's happened to him. And it's so weird because Hector is like the scammer and and whatever of the story and mm. the dodgy guy and, you know, um, dishonest well, lies the all way, the time. that's the way he appears when you first meet him. Yeah, yeah. but you, you form an attachment and you care about him before that moment happens or at least before you've realized. And then all of a sudden you're like, not Hector. Yeah. And you're like, well, why do I care about Hector? He's just that. But all of us, you just sort of realise it. It's it's not well, something yeah. that. Well, I don't know about that. I think you realise it when you realise the poor prick was murdered. I don't know, know if I did. When you first meet him, you have no idea that that was his fate. No, true. Yeah, yeah. I think it just creeps up on you, though. It crept up on me anyway. I just I, I wasn't conscious of the attachment hmm. forming, and I, I you know I don't think Miguel is the character that you attach to in that movie. He's the tour guide or something. You know, he's no. Not, he doesn't evoke uh, the emotional reaction never, at all. No. no, other than him mm. wanting to be a musician and and mm. being, you know that that kind of thing. Um, but even that's not really played for emotion. It's 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 almost like they. No. It's a bit of a bait and switch where they go, "Here's a character that you're going to not like," and then mm. they make him the emotional crux of the entire movie. And then Coco again, you know, you know who she is. 
you know the movie's named Coco, but for at least half the movie, you don't know why the movie's named Coco. You're like, why name it after the great? At least half, I would suggest until right near the end. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And then it's it becomes completely clear, and it's like you get played, but you get played so well that you just sort of go with it. And that's that's Pixar. Their their process is just so they allow writers to write, they allow the creative process to happen. They have pitch meetings, and I've seen behind the scenes stuff where they do this. They they put up pictures on a on a a pin board and they take someone through the scene and they excitedly describe what's, what it's going to feel like and how it's going to happen. And, you know, there's just like, if you look at say like a Sony movie or a Warner brothers movie or something, there's no Mm. one doing that. You know, they don't care about the story. They're like, how do we get Keanu Reeves into hot pants and using Kung Fu or something? Mm. And they just design something around it. And it's, well, they're two different forms of art, aren't they? So uh, I suppose, but story is always important. I mean, with animation, they're trying to, they are trying to draw you in and titillate your emotions and, and uh, get you involved. There's not much else they can do really. You're not going to sit there and watch an animation and say that's just pretty to look at unless there's a storyline and a something that gets you closely involved. Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, I guess it's a necessity of the form, right, mm. where you go, well, even if yeah. we could animate this in one second, yeah. it's still going to take a year to render. Well, the story has to come first, in other words. Yeah, it has to by necessity yeah. because yeah. you can't commit the computers to the render time. Animation is merely a, a way of telling a story and, mm. and uh, the story uh, is the key component of the movie. Mm, that's right. The story was where well, you couldn't make it up, really. Mm. Someone obviously has or the team of three or four of them I thought saw were the writers yeah. have. But, um, yeah, you couldn't make it up. Well, they, they sit in a room together for a year and just yeah. that's all they do. Mm. Yeah, they just get the story right. That's why it's so good. And every story they do is like that. Yeah. It's just, uh, in fact, even the ones that you don't like so much, like you said, you saw Finding Nemo. I didn't find that a particularly moving or it was okay. It had its moments, but it wasn't. It no. didn't really capture no. me like that. But um, all the elements were there. You could see yeah. that they'd done the due diligence. The other on one the story. I mentioned, Shark Tale, that had more of a, um, uh, you know, um, the characters in that were, you know, quite human. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, true. Yeah. They were better characterized, yeah. I think. Yeah. Mm. That's what was wrong with Finding Nemo, I think. It yeah. just, the, the voices were good and the talent was good and it was all, it all sort of checked the boxes, but mm. um, it just didn't quite yeah. feel. Because they were fish, they yeah. just didn't feel like proper characters. <laughs> yeah, and they were quite realistically rendered as well. I think there's a balance between how cartoonish yeah. and how human you go. But in this one, I mean, a lot of skeletons were very human. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I mean, and a lot of heads mm. popping off that yeah. uh, should be traumatizing to children, possibly. Yeah. Shouldn't have been done, but um, in that cartoon context, I guess it's okay. Well, there was one scene there that was nearly as bad as Catch-22. It just it was animated. It made, <laughs> it, made a bit of a difference. Explain. Well, the beheading scene, yeah. Yeah, it yeah. was a beheading, right? Mm. Yeah, he sort of swoops in, takes yeah. his head. Yeah. The dog took the head, right? <laughs> yeah, it's like a dog mauling someone's head off is actually quite yeah. traumatising, but... The idea is, yeah. <laughs> it is. I was a little traumatised. But it wasn't traumatising in that movie because we'd seen heads popping on and off the whole way. No, so, that's right. Yeah. 
So you just laughed, but that's what immediately came to my mind when the chopper comes in and takes the guy's head off in Caps mm. 22. Yeah. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. I bet you didn't let me watch that part. We'll, <laughs> we'll have to revisit it, but yeah. Wow, that's cool. See, that makes me want to watch the movie now. <laughs> <laughs> Does that happen in the book? How do you describe yeah, that in the book? Yeah, it happens in the book. Wow, that's amazing. Mm. So the music, the uh, the song "Remember Me" obviously is a bit of a standout, but um, well, it's a very pleasant song, yeah, and and repeated a few times in the movie yeah. by, by different singers and different sort yeah. of styles. That was a really good connective tissue, I thought. And the guitar work, generally, and some of those softer melodies that are played by the guitar at various times are very pleasant. You know, you know what? This is a small thing, but what fascinated me was they seemed to animate the fingers to actually play the guitar yeah. in the correct way. Like it looked really, like if it wasn't real, it, yeah. it looked close close enough that it, you You'd know. reckon they took a guitar with someone playing it, managed to remove the hand from the image and, mm. and replace it with, a, um, with knuckles, basically. Well, they can do motion capture. Yeah. But I would suggest that if Pixar ever did motion capture, it'd kind of be cheating. Oh, yeah. I think they hand animate everything. Right. <clears throat> Don't quote me on it. I can't, I wasn't there. In other words, the guitar's animated. I would say yeah. they probably spent mm. several weeks with one animator just going mm -hmm. there and saying, what string does he press next? And, right. you know, looking at some footage of Tommy no, Emmanuel or something. Basically, note by note. I mm. would say so. You know, it, would, it really would just take weeks and it would cost tens of thousands of dollars. Of course it would, yeah. Uh, just to get that right, and it's like no one would have noticed if they just cheated. Well, it, it certainly was right because it was entirely plausible. It, it looked perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it really did. Yeah. If they did motion capture, I wouldn't be mad at them, but it would just feel like a bit of a cheat. No, right. Yeah, I don't think they would have done that. Do you think the fact that it's animation is what sort of partially causes that? Um, like if that was a live action movie with special effects, it could have been done that way. I'm not sure if I would have forgiven it for all of the absurdity in the beginning. I wouldn't have gone with it as much. Well, there would have been a lot of stuff if it was done without animation that looked like sheer violence. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, true. But as yeah. animation, it didn't come across that way at all. So mm. that would be one reason that it would work best in animation. I guess you couldn't. You could still render the people as skeletons, but then it is just pure animation, really, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. You lose pretty much every connection to real footage at that point. Yeah. No, I had some strange um, thoughts on the way through when when the first um, cemetery scene came up. I was mm. reminded of uh, Thriller. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm watching an animation, and I was reminded of Thriller, and. Um, Miguel's mother looked for all the life like someone I know. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. So, well, Coco was, was just an aged version of her. I mean, he, she had he, the same jawline. Yeah. And, yeah. Even though the chances of that person ever hearing this podcast are You're not gonna say uh, no. remote, I'm not going to yeah. say who either. it is. No. Yeah. You can tell me afterwards. Though. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's funny when you're watching things like that and you get an idea in your head like that. It, it changes the color of um, everything. Yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah. I guess <laughs> harder to take serious, probably. Well, it makes you more likely to yeah to to take it 
very lightheartedly. I thought it had a reference uh, to a film that we've discussed on this podcast. I don't know if you picked it up, but the um, the scene where he's playing music and his hands disappearing totally reminded me of Back to the Future. Right. Yeah. Well, the yeah. the whole theme of the movie, of course, is not. The story similar. is Back to the Future, yeah, basically. it's not dissimilar from Back it's, it's to the Future. Back so. to the Afterlife instead of Back to the Future, but it's very similar. Absolutely. But what are you saying? That the, the finger's disappearing. Remember, his his flesh is disappearing. He's becoming a corpse the longer he stays uh, in the afterlife. Oh, yeah. Corpse is the wrong way to yeah. say it. That sounds like it's nasty. Um, and he's playing music. He's playing guitar. And he looks at his hand and it's disappearing. Yeah. That scene is in Back to the Future where he realizes mm. that he has to get his parents back together. Yeah. And he's disappearing. He's been disappearing in the photo and his actual hand starts yes. disappearing. Yeah. And he realizes. Well, he starts falling apart sort of thing. Yeah. yeah I almost yeah. feel like it's a direct yeah. reference. It was mm. so close. He wasn't trying to get his parents together, but it's No, still- I thought of Back to the Future, you know, not long after we were in the land of the dead. I Yeah, it's similar, isn't it? Yeah, I thought. Or if they ripped it off. I thought maybe you've got a bit of a fetish about. Maybe I do. Stuff? Yeah. yeah. Maybe I do. Maybe there's something to that. I don't know. About the afterlife or something? Yeah. Possibly. Well, it's not the, it wasn't the afterlife in Back no, to the no, Future. No, no, of course it wasn't. But um, Getting trapped in another realm. Yeah, yeah. Another world. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe that's what happens every of time course, we go to sleep. You know, this movie um, raised the idea of a third world beyond the second world and yeah, that was you interesting. Know, we don't too. actually know what happens when they uh, fall apart in a ball of fire, and, and no, and I've totally forgotten. Could just be another world where they're remembered in, where they remember in the second world. It, you yeah, know, like it could be sort of homeless person's world where mm. you know, no one's remembered. I don't know. It was, uh, or maybe they just go to actual heaven, and you know they they leave purgatory, and it's a good thing. Well, it could be better for them. That's but true. it certainly wasn't presented like it was a good thing. Yeah, maybe they were just in limbo. Yeah, but they were. Mm. Having a hell of a time, weren't they? They were, they were living life as if they hadn't died. Oh, absolutely. With all the human emotions in play, including solving uh, cold cases, you know. That's like right. <laughs> but not yeah. being able to prosecute them. <laughs> no, well, no. Not not in the normal way, but uh, entire... justice, justice was uh, meted out nevertheless. In the afterlife. Oh, absolutely. Not in the it real was. world. Oh, I guess it was in the real world. Well, Everything was, was changed. Of course he was. Yeah. The, the man was not exposed in the real That's world. Like back to the future He was too. exposed in the afterlife and, yeah. and, and the crowd uh, let him know what they thought. And but then Miguel brought it back and they recognized Hector for his musical genius in the real world. Yeah. yeah. Which is kind of like when Marty goes back to the... Yeah, his yeah. present time and, and discovers that everything's changed. It's exactly. Similar sort of feeling to the movie. It's not a similar same idea, sort of theme. Yeah. I wonder if they did structure it around Back to the Future because there's so much. There's no Doc, although oh, maybe Hector's Doc. He sort of plays that part a little bit, doesn't he, as the zany uh, sidekick character for a while yeah. before it's revealed that he's actually his great grandfather. Yeah, yeah. Even though he looks younger, he's actually older than. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Actually, so, that was kind of hard to keep track of because I was like, okay, that's his grandmother. So Coco's his great grandmother. Mm, so he's been there a fair while. Yeah, actually. Yeah, I'm, I'd have to really sit down and do some thinking about the time scale. I'm confident if you do the math, it'll check out. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm doubt they've, they've stuffed it up. But, yeah. Uh, yeah it those was a guys bit, spent years in a writer's room. It so, was a bit confusing. Yeah. yeah. 
I think uh, good news for, mm. for everybody, though, that um, apparently uh, music cures Alzheimer's disease, which is fantastic. All you have to do is play a song now. And uh, they just snap out of it and start skipping That's around. Right. And, you know, it's not oh. actually a degenerative brain, brain disease. It's it's just lack of music. No, that's right. Yeah. yeah. It's um, anyone who hasn't heard a song for five years, hmm. you know, they they start to lose it. Oh, in just fact, make it, them. make it, uh, in the case of that movie, 30, 40, 50 years. Possibly. And suddenly, oh, yeah, it would have been. Yeah. Suddenly they burst into song as if um, they'd never forgotten. In fact, they burst into song after having run a, um, a, a vendetta against all forms of music for 30 exactly. or 40 years. Yeah, yeah. although no, yeah. I, I don't think Coco started the vendetta. Though, no, Coco I mean, didn't. No, but the mum did. There's just so much in that movie. It's. Mm. Uh, did you feel it like it was too much? There was a moment where I, I detected with my detective skills that you got kind of fidgety where it was getting... It was there were too many beats. I felt at the time. There's a certain. Uh, it's around the midpoint, I think, where what you, you just start thinking. Oh, for what f- do you mean, too many beats? Too many, you know, beats in the story. Like, like you go, ah. Oh. There's a moment sometimes in a movie where you recognise there's a really long way to go before it can resolve itself, and you start to get fidgety. And I think Coco does that at a certain point. No, I don't. Um, I don't recall uh, feeling. Um, impatient for it to move on or anything. Okay. Well, that's mm. good. So yeah. you, th- you thought it was pretty snappy. Oh, I enjoyed it. But but look, it's still pretty silly. It is kind of silly. Yeah. It's not like you have to see that because it's so meaningful. You know, your There's life. meaning there. Your life. Yeah, there is some. Of course there is. And there's mm. meaning in lots of things. But it's not like your life will be the poorer if you never saw it. I don't know about that. Yeah. I feel well, like it's richer for seeing it. Maybe, maybe you could do without it. Yeah, for sure. You'd say that about most no. movies, I think, that you could do without. Oh, there's some movies, I think, um, have an impact on you beyond simply enjoying them. Yes. Uh, yeah. That, Coco, that, Coco does that for me to an extent. Does it? Yeah. No. The, well, the I, I, don't think, on, I don't think I, would, I went to that level. I feel like, okay, let, let's, let's just have a look at Australian culture, right? Mm. Compare it to the Mexican culture that's talked about in Coco. And look, I, I've I've learnt this in other ways as well. It's something I've been thinking about, you know, for a long time. But the way they treat family and tradition and uh, legacy are things that we as a culture don't value as much as we should, or possibly have lost the value of somehow. I don't, I don't think it's necessarily as consistent in our culture, but some people at all. some people do and some people don't. I think there's been a big move in in recent decades towards um, the current uh, younger generations showing more interest in their heritage and uh, and in history. In fact, I think the whole Anzac story's been that. Um, People have gone looking for their um, relatives who served in war, and um, we've got you know the internet now and the possibility to look up heritage on that. I think it's uh, quite alive in our society, but it's not the deep cultural meaningful thing that came through in uh, in Mexican culture in that. Where, but it wasn't all positive. 
It had a negative. No, no, that's true. It had a negative connotation as well. Yeah, the control of the family. Absolutely, and, and, that, yeah. that that the that the young people aren't able to do what they actually most want to do, mm. uh, uh, and you know that's um, that's not something unique to Mexican culture. No, no, it's yeah, it's 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 um, common. And many other cultures have that, and we've never had. I don't think. Uh, that sort of um, aspect to our culture. But we do have this kind of um, kick them out of the nest type of culture where... Oh, now you're getting personal. I'm not trying to. No, we do. We, in general, if best, someone's... Best thing that ever happened to you. Yeah, that's true as well. No, I'm not trying to get personal. You can, <laughs> you can talk about it if you want. But no, I think we do, in general, view um, kids who stay in their home, you know, the, their parents' home, longer than 18 as strange or whatever. Well, there's no, a- no. There's a massive move back towards that. And we've got, I mean, you can't call them kids, but, but um, people's children staying at home well into their 30s now. It's, it's really? A, it's a massive trend in Australian well, why society. Why couldn't I do that? <laughs> because that was back in... The 80s or the 90s, to be more accurate. But, I mean, we didn't kick you out of home. We, no, you, you we, moved We, we you moved, moved somewhere where you you couldn't have done couldn't university. Follow. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. So, but anyway, back to the, the trend. No, no, there is a trend very much for, for children to stay at home much longer these days. That, that is definitely Is that not happening. an economic assess- the, there necessity, are, though? The, the economic driver, I think, is the biggest one. It's yeah. not a drive for more, you know, connection to family or whatever. No, no, no. And that's, well, that's something I learned when I was overseas where I, part of the reason I came back, as you know, is that, you know, I just saw how the family operated. And it was just like that in Coco where mm. it's like great-grandmother and grandmother and yeah. mother and kid all living in the same house yeah. if the great-grandmother happens to live long enough for that to work. And it really did make me think about what our culture values. Mm. In, in a lot of ways... I think we um, expect our kids to kind of toughen up and go out and face the world and, and function in society and uh, everything's geared up towards that. University is all about going and getting a job and you know mm. doing all those things. As you know, I've always struggled with that stuff. It just seems not that you shouldn't do it, but that just it shouldn't be the most important thing that you mm. do. And uh, you know, I feel like that's sort of the deeper meaning of Coco where it shows a culture that values different stuff and i think that you know american culture australian culture whatever western culture in general would learn from it i think there is a deeper sort of yeah i think there's a, a completely different standard of living um involved i think that's a key mm. part of it in other words opportunity is not as not as great mm. um the idea of having to fulfill your dreams having to you know go out into the w- wider world you know it's not that blatant a choice in Australia. You don't really have a choice in Australia. Well, you can you can certainly keep in touch with your family and still fulfill oh, yeah. your dreams yeah. because we, we all enjoy a much higher standard of living than, than some countries where the family is, is, you know, the security. Basically, everyone does their little bit in the family and that's the way everyone survives. We don't have to live like that um, because of the opportunities in Australia. We're not reliant on it. No, but, but that certainly comes through in, in that 
to get back to the movie. It certainly mm. comes through in that uh, in that story that breaking out of the cocoon of the family is, is a it's a very bold thing to do, and b it's sort of letting everyone else down because you're not doing your bit to keep supporting them. And what's wrong with making shoes anyway? I I, th- I feel that movie was anti-making shoes. Someone's so, got to make the shoes. I was so. about to say, someone's got to make the shoes. Yeah, that's right. It's not so bad, mm. you know. Yeah. I mean, there's worse things you could be doing. Yeah, but it shouldn't be compulsory. No, I guess not. No. You shouldn't just slap an apron yeah. on a kid, slap him across the face and say, congratulations. We're yeah, now I'm not sure what age he was meant to be, but he looked like. I'd say child labour would not be an inappropriate uh, <laughs> yeah, there was, term. There was an underlying theme there, mm. which is in, yeah. in, interesting because, you know, Disney's got a bit of a reputation for being a kind of a yeah. creative sweatshop, essentially. So. Yeah, well, I mean, Pin- Pinocchio and all that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, there's been so, a bit of a theme there, I think. Mm. Yeah, I think maybe there was a little bit of, uh, I mean, obviously Disney was the hand that feeds, but there was a little bit of a, uh, you know, backhanded, slap towards that kind of idea as well. Maybe I'm reading too much into it, but yeah. I, I see it. I see anyway, it. all done very enjoyably, very brightly, and, um, you know, a good cinematic experience in the, uh, visually. Yeah, fun to watch. Like I said, if you'd seen it on a bigger screen, you know, like mm. the, I saw it in the cinema and, and some of that stuff, uh, you know, from the, the TV, just it, it's well, not done nearly, justice. But, you'd need your sunglasses on, I reckon. Yeah. Mm. In fact, I'd almost say, you know, you said before that stories paramount and the visuals mm. wouldn't carry it, and that's true. But, man, they were impressive. I mean, they it was a big aspect uh, of the movie. They certainly are, yeah, striking visual experiences, yeah. All right. Well, do you want to say anything else before we, we go straight to the score? Um, well, no. No, I just enjoyed it. All right. Well, yeah. give us a score then. What is it? Well, uh, it's hard to score an animated movie against other movies. So I wouldn't like the score to be taken as um, a comparative one. I, I think you should compare it against just your, how uh, entertaining it was for you yeah. and how meaningful, whatever's important to you. Yeah, uh, don't, so, don't score it differently because it's animated. No, but on enjoyability, um, I'd have to say seven. Seven's pretty good. Yeah. I think probably the, the, um, the difference between a seven and a ten for me would be uh, Dustin Hoffman. Something <laughs> no, <laughs> no, on an animated movie. Yeah, on an animated movie would be just something a little more directly meaningful to me, right? Yeah, yeah. I think that's that's the gap. Hmm. Okay. Maybe we should watch up then. <laughs> Maybe Rodders was right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> on that note, yeah. There, look, there were plenty of old people in this movie. I think it was fine. I'm glad yeah. I saw it. Glad yeah. I saw it. I'm, I'm yeah. glad you enjoyed it too. All right. Well, thanks for watching it with me. All right. And uh, we'll right. wind it up there. Good. See you next time. Great stuff. <laughs> Thank you.